All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I'm actually recapping our recent elk hunt. This is night one of the elk hunt, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. I had a ton of fun not only recording with these guys, but also listening back to it. Now, of course, I'm releasing it way after the elk hunt actually happened. And so you guys are going to get a couple episodes here in a row that really highlight everything that took place out in Colorado this year. But I'm currently recording from a hotel in New York. We've been in New York City for two days now. We've got another couple days. And I'm actually missing Missouri's rifle season. So that's a bummer, but for good reason. My wife is actually having a baby for another couple, and her transfer is coming up in two days. So we had to be here a couple days early for an appointment. We'll be here for the transfer and then we'll be heading back home, and who knows, I might be able to go sit for like one evening or maybe two of Missouri's rifle season, and then it's off to Wisconsin. But in the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Sorry for the long pause in new content, but here we go with this one. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show, and on the show with me today, I am joined by my four, not even fellow elk hunters, because I am not an elk hunter this week. So, the four guys that have elk tags, and uh, we're going to go around and do intros. So, first off, we got Tony. What's up, guys? I'm Tony Khalil, one of uh, Dan's good friends. I've been on here before, so. Uh, this is Louis Khalil. I'm Tony's dad and uh, friends with all these folks here and looking forward to a great week, a lot of fun, and uh, just ex- enjoying the wonders of Colorado. Uh, this is Drew Edwards. Once again, one of Dan's friends, been on the show. Many words to say. Uh, excited for this week. Nice. A.K.A. Quick Draw McGraw. Quick Draw McGraw. Thanks, Adam Davis. <laughs> nice. Well, my name's Ryan Tomachek. I live out in Colorado, and I've known Dan for a few years, but we recently connected over the last few months and really excited to be out here hunting together. Yeah, it's going to be a good hunt. I'm excited. We've already found several bulls, several legal bulls, and we saw our first uh, mule deer buck today, which I would have – Blasted him. Yeah, that was a shooter. Was, yeah, I would have definitely shot that one. But, um, yeah, the the drive out here was kind of crazy. We So, first off, Ryan's the only one from Colorado. The rest of us are from Missouri, and then Lewis is from Mississippi. So he came all the way from Mississippi to elk hunt with us. And, uh, yeah, how was your... How was your travels, Lewis? Well, the tri- trip was really good from Mississippi to uh, Springfield, Missouri. is always a great trip, a lot of wonderful places, and uh, to stop along the way through Arkansas. Uh, but it's always a good trip because we know where to stop and where to take a break and where to eat, and it's always uh, an excitement to get into Springfield. And up here, it was great. Uh, Tony felt sorry for me at my old age and said, <laughs> Dad, I've got extra sky miles. I'm going to fly you up. So... I had the opportunity to fly from Springfield uh, all the way up here, and it was a great trip. Good folks, and I uh, got to hear a lot of uh, hunters on their way up, especially when we left Denver coming up here. So, did, great trip. Did you get the COVID? 
no COVID, but I have had the shots. So nice. I'm all good. There we go. Yeah, our trip from Springfield was windy. Yeah. We uh, we started out where I, I drove a van out. It's a Ram ProMaster 2500, and we started out with me pulling the trailer, and that was not so great. Uh, it just, the wind was blowing me all over the road, and there was, the, the traction control kept coming on because it was, the wind was blowing so hard. So we switched that over to Tony's truck, and uh, we made a lot better time once we did that. Yeah, I mean, it's literally blowing like 30 miles an hour, like, you know, on the app, 30 miles. So they were just getting wind whipped. It was pretty bad. So I wouldn't recommend it yeah. <laughs> next round. We, so. we got our maybe, plan. Maybe if it's like a diesel a diesel power plant, maybe. Oh, yeah. It would help, but that wind's still killer. There's like the 18-wheelers are getting smoked. Oh, yeah, the one guy, yeah. he stopped at a gas station or a truck stop, and um, we were outside the door, and the guy's walking in, and we're like, how's that wind going? And he's like, oh, man, it, I've been... I've had wheels lifting off the ground already, and we're like, oh, crap. That yeah. would not be fun. Yeah, I was, I was thinking was you had the benefit at least of having a heavy trailer. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, side-by-side on there in that big trailer, that, that was helpful, you know, not with gas mileage, but with, uh, with the wind. Because pulling a, you know, if you were pulling like a feather light camper or something behind that thing, th- th- those kinds of winds, man, they closed down the highway for those people out here. Yeah, yeah, we saw several uh, high-profile, high-wind advisories like, hey, don't drive if you have a high-profile vehicle, and hopefully hopefully the trip back isn't as bad for you guys because I won't be driving back. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Yeah, sorry about that. Unless we tag out early. That's and right. And then you're probably going to drive back. Yeah, that's right. That's true. My, my <laughs> wife asked me today, she's like, so if you guys all get your animals, would you be coming back early because we could cancel the flight? Because I actually have to fly out like halfway through the season, and I was like, if we tag out it's going to be an anomaly. I mean, we've got four bull tags, two bear tags, and a mule deer tag. Seven tags total. Yeah. If we All tag with out low in percentage four rates. Days, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Tony, what were the percentage rates for this unit? Nine percent. Nine percent. But I, I've got high hopes. We didn't run into a lot of elk hunters out here. A lot of people are after mule deer, and there's a reason for it. I mean, we've seen... Golly. We've seen 10,000 mule deer tracks at least, and we've probably seen 50 to 60 mule deer at this point. Mm-hmm. Last so. last night alone on our long trek on the side-by-side <laughs> to another unit to go see some other buddies, uh, there's just mule deer everywhere. Yeah, you had yeah. to lock up the brakes. Uh, yeah, at I had one to point. lock up the brakes at one point so I didn't smoke a mule deer doe. I was like, hey, look out for this mule deer on the left. And it was running on the hillside, like up above us. And I didn't realize there were more in front of it. And right as I say that, they all jump right in front of the side by side. And I was like, oh, that could have been hairy. In a oh, hurry. man. Yeah, I was coming in last night uh, in the truck, pulling the trailer. And I saw these eyes on the side of the road. So I was keeping an eye out for them. And a doe just walked right out in front of me at about, you know, 20 feet before I got to her. And, um, you know, they always tell you, you don't know, slam on the brakes for, for animals. But I hit the brakes pretty hard. And, uh, <laughs> I thought I grazed her with the trailer, but I didn't see any fur when I got out. So well, that's good. <laughs> you just have a whole like skin of a mule deer on the side of the trailer when you get back. I don't know why that made me think. When we used to go to a camp every year as a family, and I loved chewing gum as a kid. Like I would chew gum all the time. I'd put as many like double bubble pieces in my mouth as I could, and my mom was getting annoyed with me blowing bubbles, and my sisters were getting annoyed and. 
So she made me spit it out. So I spit it out of the window, and I didn't realize it until later on, but we got to camp, and I was helping set up the pop-up camper, and on, you know those little yellow lights on the side of the camper, like the running lights? Oh, yeah. Uh, my gum was stuck to the front of that running light. Somehow, when I spit it out, it plastered <laughs> and rode the whole way. Well, That's since a- we're running down that rabbit hole, I uh, was going to a camp one summer, too, and the guy sitting in the front seat of the car was spitting sunflower seeds out the window, and I thought it'd be a good idea to roll down my window because it was pretty hot in the car, and next thing I know, I'm eating his spit sunflower seeds. Oh, so. gosh. No, thank you. Yeah, we, uh, so, well, first, I'm going to address this. We are in a wall tent right now. The wind has picked up. This is the strongest wind we've had, thankfully. But uh, we've got a generator running in the background, so if you guys hear that on the podcast, my apologies, but it's kind of a cool setup in here right now. But I want to go over these first two days, because we got here yesterday, and we got camp set up, and we immediately, well, actually, before we set up camp, we started scouting, and we weren't seeing much elk sign at all. I don't know why I'm looking at you, Drew. <laughs> just staring like right into my soul right now. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I, I can't even look you in the eye anymore. That's okay. Um, we were we were looking for elk sign. We were looking for elk, and we just weren't seeing much. And then we moved to a new t- uh, campsite, and later that day, we, we raced down to this campsite because we thought someone was going to take it. It's a good spot. There's like two roads that I think people are going to think aren't roads because it looks like they lead to our campsite and so it kind of sections off a couple hundred acres just for us so we'll see how that plays out but um drew and i went down when tony was picking up his dad ryan you hadn't gotten here yet and as we're walking down the trail there's just elk tracks everywhere like a highway and they started 10 yards from our wall tent so uh we knew that we had picked the right spot. And then you guys got in. What time did you guys get back from? Yeah, we went out to Hayden, um, Hayden, Colorado, uh, to pick up Dad at the airport. I think it's like an hour and 15-minute drive. And so, anyways, we got back in about 10.45 or so. Yeah. And I already made Dad made Dad's cot and stuff and got them all set up in the tent because we're sleeping in the tent. And uh, Dan and Drew are in the um, – what do you call it? Adventure mobile? I don't even know what you call that thing. The base camp mobile? Oh, yeah, the base camp mobile. It's called base camp. Base I camp. actually named it. I was kind of excited about that. What is it? Base camp. Oh, it's called. Cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be like a sub name or something. No. But anyways, but uh, yeah, we got in about 1045 and got everything together. So, but yeah, we, we saw a bunch of mule deer on the way in too. We had to hit the brakes as well. Like, lock it or up. There's a car right behind us, and I think he 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 uh, he backed off. He backed off and like let us lead the way. So, man, I uh, back in Missouri, the rut is really kicking off right now, and I've been seeing a ton of dead bucks on the side of the road because they just get dumb. You know, they're not aware of their surroundings. They'll cross roads without thinking about it. And uh, I was driving into town, and all, all four lanes, both the two northbound and two southbound lanes were slowing down. I'm like, what's going on? And then I see this buck, and it's a young buck. It runs across the northbound lanes, and then I don't, I don't know if it didn't realize that it wasn't pavement still, and there was, like, a dip in the median, but it just, like, hit that median and tumbled and stood back <laughs> up like him. It seemed like it was embarrassed. I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. I yeah. promise. And then it just booked it across our lanes, and uh, luckily nobody hit it, but... Um, 
Yeah, locking up brakes for deer is no fun at all. What What are your guys' experience with elk hunting? Well, this is my first first uh, time to elk hunt. Now, I came to Meeker, Colorado back in, I think it was 1992, with some fellow workers and other friends, and we uh, uh, went to elk hunt, uh, mule deer hunting up here. And I uh, didn't have any luck that time, but had a great time meeting the folks here. Uh, matter of fact, one of the guys that I drove with, his back went out on the mountain. And uh, I got back from hunting, and I said, where's, where's my buddy Eddie? And he said, well, we're... We've taken him to the Meeker Hospital. His back went out. And so, uh, anyway, long story short, went to the hospital, and I said, is uh, Mr. Eddie here? And, oh, you mean, I said, well, Mr. Johnson. He said, well, you mean Eddie? Yeah, he's down in room so-and-so. And they were just friendly and nice. So at the end of our hunt, I picked him up and drove him to Denver, put him on a plane, and I drove solo all the way back home Dang. to Mississippi. But, um this is my first trip up here to elk hunt, and I'm literally looking forward to it. Tomorrow, I'm excited about it, and especially hanging out with the group I'm with. So, fun, fun. Yeah, it, it should be a good day. So, that that first day we were here yesterday, um, we came down near our campsite, and we started glassing for elk. And we went all the way down this finger, drove the side-by-side down, got out and started looking and it was pretty quick. I mean, yeah. 10 minutes maybe. And we spotted elk and it took me a little longer to spot the elk. <laughs> it, oh man, we had to walk <laughs> you into it. And I'm not saying like I'm a pro at like telling people how to find the elk, but you were struggling. I don't know what the deal was, man. It was like, I've done some of this before, but I, again, I think you're going to hear in this podcast, like my elk experience uh, really has been more archery based. And so like doing shows and stuff and, <clears throat> you know, it was a more close combat quarters kind of situation. And, you know, when you're staring out 1,500, you know, yards across uh, on a mountainside trying to pick out an elk, you're like, how big is it supposed to be? You know, all those kind of things and, and, and kind of picking it up. So it took me a minute. But once I finally found it, like, I got super lucky because I freaking saw this 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 bull. Yeah. Um, it was pretty rad. It was pretty good. To, I think it's going to be a pretty good bull. You found the bowl right when I got behind you and yeah, like yeah. put my arms around you and cradled yeah. <laughs> you and held the Tony binoculars for put you. His arms out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Felt very much like when I was your leader in the youth group. Yeah, yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> kind of like I don't know if you remember the people used to have, have this game where they call fine Waldo in the picture. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what this elk hunting is. But once you learn to spot Waldo. He's easier to find the second time around. So, oh, sure. so. so hopefully this will be, be a plus. Nice? Wouldn't it be nice if elk wore glasses and a uh, red, red and white, and white. Oh, yeah. with a beanie on? Yes. Yeah. Should be a requirement. Yeah. yeah. Just Dr- tall and skinny. Just, well, in Meeker, they actually have it, an elk with orange on. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. What would you do if we were out hunting and all of a sudden there's an elk with like an orange vest on? Wonder what hunter he killed. <laughs> or she killed, just like, just straight up murdered a hunter and took the clothes off of him or her. Would, would you shoot it? Uh, well, first off, that'd be a giant her or a giant him if the elk was wearing their clothes. Well, yeah, there's yeah. there's big people out here too. That's, That's true. true. So yeah, shout out to uh, Herdbull. 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 Oh Herdbull. man, what a great name, Big Mike. Man, we've got. Uh, but also Herdbull from the other camp. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Drew's I was like, party. wait, what's happening? Drew, what's your experience with elk hunting? Uh, high fence elk hunting in Texas. <coughs> yeah, 
pretty sweet. Um, high success rates. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Welcome to Colorado. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Uh, so this is my third year with a rifle tag in my pocket. And uh, second year bow hunting. And um, that's about it. So I got into hunting just about three years ago. I always wanted to hunt more and just never came from a, a place of means where I could justify those expenses. And now I'm here and I'm, I'm loving it. Nice. Yeah, this is my third season elk hunting. And uh, my first time hunting a unit without any intel on it leading up. And so we'll see. I mean, the fact that we've, so first of all, first of all, we were, we were glassing and we saw that one bull. We saw a bunch of cows first and then we saw the bull. Tony saw it and right as he saw it, I spotted it and it was the biggest bull I've seen where I'm hunting, period. I mean, it had back scratchers that were like 12 to 16 inches long and the best I could tell, it was probably a big, big 6x6 six six or possibly a 7x7. Seven seven. And then in that same herd, we saw a smaller satellite bull, but still probably a 5x5. Five five. And then last night, when Drew and I went out, we had... Drew, what was that? That was a 5x4, right? Yeah, 5x4. Because it didn't have the fifth on the right side. And, and then we saw another one, and I didn't get a good look at the second one, but... I think uh, the I got a I got a decent look at him, but and and you said he was completely busted off. He was either side. busted off or just like one of those abnormalities where it sticks straight back or down to the side. Yeah, just funky guy. Oh, the atypicals are so fun to me. Yeah. Oh man, I I think they're great. I shot one two years ago, and it had a candlestick up on top, and so the last time that's pointing up uh, was just it looked like a melted candle. And then on the back of it, it's got what I call the mallard tail, because like mallard ducks have that curl, those curl tails on the back, and it's got one, it's got a tiny little point on the back that looks exactly like that. Uh, but I want to shoot one with a big old club drop tine. That's oh yeah, like everybody does. Yeah, but I like those atypicals too. You know, I'd be happy to put a atypical in a European. I had somebody show me last weekend a photo of an elk uh, near Estes. Colorado Estes Park Colorado and it just had one single side but it wasn't just the one broke off it was grown out of the center of its head like a unicorn and just went up and back Jeez. and like a mohawk <laughs> low and key. I would have called that thing low yeah key. such a cool bull to see you know and he was it was obvious he was younger um, or at least his you know his antlers were less developed but it was the atypical is pretty cool speaking of atypical if you get one of those uh, elk walking around in an orange vest uh, to answer your question i think the answer is you shoot it because oh, sure. it's yeah. pretty rare to get a banded elk yeah <gasps> I, I hear you guys talk about your banded ducks all the time but well, get a banded hey, bull hey yeah. like radio collars oh yeah 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 we we found a radio collar yesterday when we were cruising the side-by-side trail slightly yeah. suspect yeah definitely. i would say very suspect i don't think those just fall <laughs> off uh-uh. and it looked like the transmitter on it was like was definitely smashed, smashed like intentionally off, intentionally smashed, and so I don't know if somebody shot one that they weren't supposed to, didn't shot want something, shot some, yeah, like it wasn't around an elk, it was too small for an elk, yeah. but a Maybe bear, a bear or something or like deer, that, probably. that'd be my guess. Yeah. I mean, did it look like it could have been a poor shot that took out the uh, the transmitter? No, no. Uh, well, because on top of that, like those things are double buckled. I think it yeah. had two, yeah. two double clasp. 
buckles. So it yeah, had, like, and the then they have wires going through leather. Then they also have wires that go along the nylon strap itself. Yeah, and yeah, that so it all looked think... like it was clipped off. Yeah, you, you know a lot about this kind of thing. Yeah, let's go, Sherlock. Tell us more. And I'm yeah, pretty right. sure Drew's the one that found it. This is getting very <laughs> suspect. Oh, yeah. Just because I'm the designated driver this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we found that. I'm curious. We'll probably take it into CPW because it's right down the road from where we're hunting and see what they say about it. We'll yeah. just turn it in. And I didn't see – there weren't any numbers or anything on the on the band itself or on the collar, but I don't know about the transmitter if they can tell uh, by looking at that. So – yeah, we'll see what happens. It was it was pretty old. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. it's you know five or six years old probably. Looking at the rust and stuff on all the bolts, but well, and there was there weren't any remains. We didn't find any uh, bones or anything. I mean, we didn't look very hard. Yeah. It was just it, it was yeah, it was in a drainage. Could have been could have gotten washed off a hillside for sure. But maybe a bear ate it and it pooped it out. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh, true, unlikely. you're the one who picked it up. You basically <laughs> multiple times. Bear poop. That's fine. Oh wait a minute. Let's talk about let's talk about the uh, the uh, yeah when you were in the uh, yeah your toilet fell over. Because oh of my pre- gosh! Come on, man. <laughs> the RV. <laughs> so so in the middle of Kansas, we might have been in Colorado. Uh, Dan's driving the van. I'm in the back of the van, going to the restroom. Uh, a road dump. A little road dump action. Had a roller in had seat had belt. Had, had, and it no, wasn't no seat belts. <laughs> We're just gonna say it wasn't solid. It was not great. Oh, no. Uh so fast forward like three hundred miles and we're in the mountains and I'm driving and hit the brakes and the the toilet decides to slide off of the shelf it's on down onto the ground. And flips over a little bit. I look at Dan. I go, hey, you, you should flip it over. And he's like, no, nah, it's sealed up pretty good. It should be fine. I go, eh, you should probably go take care of it. Goes and takes care of it. Well, and this is as we're getting off at the rest stop. Thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. Because <laughs> the look on Dan's face when he flipped it over and looked at his hand. I Well, I picked <laughs> it up. And it, it's not like it has a top handle or anything. So you kind of have to... Not bear hug it, but you have to like reach down and pick it up altogether. And so I picked it up, put it back in the place, like flipped it um, upright, and I noticed there was a little bit of fluid on the ground. And I was like, "Yeah, that can't be good." And as I'm noticing it and setting it down, I feel moisture on my hand, and I look down, and it was definitely not clear. And I was just like. Oh my gosh! And I mean, we pulled into the rest area at just the right time. I went in, and I, I was—it really was the—it was the look of sheer panic. Oh, it was just like there good. is shit on my hand right now. Yeah, I don't—I don't deal with that stuff at all. And, and it was so, mine. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, no doubt about it. It came from me. Yeah, I knew, and and Drew thought it was the funniest thing, and I'm like, this is not funny at all. Like. I've dealt with baby diapers. I've had poop on me before. It's not the end of the world. But when it's a grown man's poop, it's very different. It's a whole different ball game. I accept that as a compliment. No, it's not a compliment. Or don't accept it as a compliment. So this morning, uh, we'll recap today quick, and then kind of our plans for tomorrow. But this morning we wake up, had breakfast, then we went out right away on the side by sides, and well, actually. 
you guys all ran down the trail before breakfast, right? Yeah, we had to check out the Elk Highway. Yeah. And you guys went down, looked around, um, came back up. We did breakfast. Then we hopped on the side-by-side, and we put a lot of miles on that side-by-side today. Uh, Thanks, Michael. Yes, thanks, Michael. Yeah, Michael is not with us today. <laughs> I mean, he's still alive, but he's just not with us right now. As far as we know. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we went all the way around, and, I mean, it was pretty cool country out yeah. there. Lewis, I know you mentioned a couple times, you're like, this is oh, something else. Oh, it was awesome. I was just hoping we had enough gas to get back. Yeah. Because it was a long hill, and there were some of those hills that were really steep. <laughs> we didn't have any problem going, coming up or going down, so... But yeah. it was a fun day, fun day. Yeah, we got all the way down this one uh, finger that was going back to the main road that we wanted to be at, and we looked at the maps, and it looked like we could make it all the way down. And, I mean, we got as far as, like, linear. 300 yards. Yeah, 300 yards from it, and we had to turn around and climb that hill all the way back up, and it was steep. I remember looking over at Tony at one point, and the the horizon was, like, if you draw a line from his chin to almost the top of his head, that was the horizon as he's sitting in the seat. And I was like, holy cow, we are climbing straight up right now. <laughs> well, that and that 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. Right. So that that's part of why we put in some time today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we could see our camp inadvertently. You know, we looked out um, looked out, out to the street and we're like, oh, there's our... There's our campers way out there, and you can really see the big valley that we were looking at, actually where we saw those bulls uh, the day before. And so it kind of gives you a big perspective of, like, how big this 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 unit really is. It's it's massive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how many square miles is this unit? I think it's like 940, 930, somewhere yeah. there. Somewhere in the 900s. Yeah, it's, it's a big unit, and it's almost completely public. Yeah. I mean, it's at least a at thousand it. acres, you know, it's really big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, what did you say today? Like, I was like, oh yeah, we've only been in 300 acres. <laughs> 300 acres. We drove miles. I said maybe three sections. But yeah. 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 He was like, yeah, we've only, we've only seen about 300 acres of this. I'm like, we can see 300 acres from our campsite. We have definitely seen more than that, but we, we covered a good bit of ground today. Saw a lot of sign. Um, got a little bit of intel on some bear activity. Mm -hmm. Uh, We ran into some guys that are hunting here from Wisconsin, and they said there was fresh bear tracks on the road not too far from where. Shout out to the Scotty boys. Yeah, did they say some fresh curds for us? Did they say that? I wish. Oh, man, I could go. No, I can't do cheese curds while I'm hunting. Those things will stop you up. But if we point them towards that big muley we saw this evening, they'll they'll probably hook us up with something. Maybe I need to give Drew cheese curds on road trips from now on. Ah, (laughs) I could use cheese curds all the time. Yeah, Cheese curds. And to give give the listeners an idea of what the unit's like, too, I mean, I think that'd probably be pretty cool for them just to have an idea of what kind of country we're in. You know, we talked a little bit about, about our experience earlier, and I've... I've spent a lot of time hunting now and nothing compared to most people, but my last five hunts have all been elk hunts and it's all, uh, in big timber, like big pine timber, big steep stuff. And this is nothing like that. You know, this is uh, scrub brush. It's, it's, it's oaky and, and 
it's it's really cool honestly how far you can see too you know we were glassing this evening and uh i had the spotting scope out <laughs> got it up to 60 power just because not just glassing this hillside not really thinking of anything just trying to stay focused on that land and i said hey guys i got something and uh, then I pulled my eye away from it, and I realized I was looking at about four miles away. Yeah, and yeah. You just chuckled to yourself. You're like, uh, you might not see that. <laughs> yeah, you guys just had your binoculars, and I'm looking through the spotting scope, and uh, it was just amazing to me. It was uh, just getting that spotting scope dialed in was pretty cool. But then to see, uh, it, I don't think it, I don't think it was an elk. I think it was a mule deer. But seeing it, even at that four miles, got me excited. You know, we've seen some activity. You guys, you were so excited last night. I pulled in at ten o'clock and. Before I could even park, you were at the window saying, you got to tell you what we saw today. Yeah. And so it was, I was really pumped to get here and hear that too. But yeah, I mean, it's, you can see a long ways out here. You can see a lot, you know, from finger to finger to finger. And there's some deep valleys. You know, we hiked up, what, 400, 400 vertical feet today just to, to get to a glassing point. But, you know, it's not that high to hike, but you can see from that 400 feet, you could see, you could see miles. Yeah. Cause we went, we went through, a dry creek bed and there's a trail that kind of follows it but crosses it a bunch and we are going to look at some new country but from down low you can't see anything because it's a bunch of false summits when you look up and so you're only seeing a couple hundred yards maybe yep. and then you can't see anything above it um, until you get higher and it's crazy even what like 10 or 20 feet will do for your visibility you can see up over that stuff um, but yeah we were we were glassing for elk at one point and I look up and I saw a shed and I, I told everybody, I was like, man, I just want, because I don't have an active elk tag here. I was like, I want to find an elk shed so bad. And I look up and I'm like, guys, I got a shed. Actually, Ryan, I signaled to you at one point and you just looked at me like, dude, I have no idea. What yeah, I didn't get the hand signals, but it looked like you were like trying to, you know, put your hand out like it was an antler. And I was like okay, so do you see something behind me? Because we were looking at each other. Yeah, You were glassing kind of the hillside behind me, and I was glassing the hillside behind you. And I was like, is there, a, is there an animal over my shoulder? Like, what am I looking for here? And yeah, yeah next thing I, I know, I we're standing next to I tried to do, like, an antler and then, like, broke off. And uh. It just didn't work out very well. But you guys got over there. We looked at it. You're like, are you going to go up after it? Because it was up. I mean, it wasn't, like, we couldn't have driven the side-by-side -side up. It was so steep. Oh, not and a chance. You, you, yeah. We almost couldn't walk up. There. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty hard. Yeah, it was a long way off, but we got up there, and it was a four-point mule deer shed. I really didn't think it was a mule deer shed because I didn't see any forks on it, so I thought it was. Is like, that considered a four-point or a three-point mule deer? It's a four-point because it's got brow tine as well. That's a very small brow tine. <laughs> it, it's a small brow tine, but it's a scoreable brow tine. Yeah, that's true. But that's it true. looks like a whitetail shed. It really does. And that would be a stud whitetail buck if that came off of a whitetail. But yeah, it's sitting on the table in front of us right now. And, uh, yep. There it is. Tony's rattling him in. Um, I just couldn't believe that you even spotted it. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Especially when we got up there and, and I, I got at the rangefinder and pointed back to where we were standing and you glassed it from. And I'm like, so I'm out here looking for an 800 pound elk and I can't find anything. And you see a, you know, 15 inch long shed just laying there on the side of the mountain and i'm like i am not qualified to be a hunter because well, well first of all <laughs> i don't know how you, you had, have eyes you like you had that. what you thought were 
faulty binoculars, <laughs> and Drew also thought he had faulty binoculars. Guilty. We we got up there, got the shed, and then we started glassing back to where we were, basically the ridge line underneath our elk camp, and and Ryan's like, dude, I'm gonna have to send these binoculars in like for a warranty or something because both both. Uh, sides of the binoculars aren't focusing. Yeah, the I left eye focus. and the right eye are both changing focus, but they're doing it at different times. So the left eye will be in focus, but the right eye won't. And then I'll mm-hmm. dial to get the right eye in focus, and the left eye's out of focus. And Drew's like, and they, dude, they aren't. Neither set of her binoculars are cheap. Yeah. No. <laughs> and Drew's like, dude, mine are doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, really? I'm like, well, why don't you just get the left side focused and then do the individual focus on your right lens and you're like wait what and i'm like yeah that like dial on your right lens wow. if you turn that it will be in focus and ryan's like never mind mine aren't broke and drew goes yeah never mind mine aren't broke either <laughs> wow so maybe that's why you guys were struggling to see anything absolutely but when you know when you when you get a set of binoculars and and they've always you know I, i've had four sets and every one has always I've never had one go out of focus like that, and I don't know if I've just never had the adjustability there for it to get unintentionally rotated or or not. But you know, I've, it's not my first time using the equipment, but I had just never had them out of focus before. So you always learn something new with this group of guys, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't, I don't think every set of binoculars has individual focus. Maybe I don't think I've ever had a pair that didn't, yeah, except for like the that. little kid ones that my kids carry around. Yeah. I think well, maybe I hunted with those my whole life, all right? <laughs> Even like the Tascos, like they have it. Yeah. They have a little plus minus on the right hand side. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think for cool. the most part they they all have it. But now you guys know how to use binoculars. Though. That's great. <laughs> I really wish I would have looked over and one of you had them on backwards and you're like, oh this makes things smaller. What's going on? Yeah. I was just so thankful I wasn't the only one because I felt <laughs> really dumb there for a minute and then you could, he, you could have stayed quiet because you didn't own up to you having a problem until we fixed mine. Yep. And so you could have you could have taken your pride and run with it. It's like all of a sudden my $1000 set of binoculars work. Yeah. It's crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't have a headache anymore. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, what what are your guys' expectations for this week? Man, um you know, I was just talking about earlier like I think if I could just get the opportunity to shoot at one, I think that's going to be you know, my expectation. Um, I think that alone will be worth the trip. Yeah. What about you, Lewis? I think for me, it's uh, uh, the big thing is, you know, the older you get, what matters to you changes a lot of times. And so to me, the adventure of coming here, if I get the opportunity to smoke one tomorrow, I'm going to get him. Uh, but if not, I have enjoyed myself. So I'm looking for a fun day, an exciting day. Uh, I want to see some stuff. I'd I, I really love to see people, when they kill a big one, just go crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, run up and down. And there's no telling what's going to happen tomorrow. But I'm excited about tomorrow. I want to get up and have a good day and just enjoy it yeah. and be thankful for it. Yeah, it's going to be – I know it's going to be good. What It'll about be a great you, great day. Expectation-wise, obviously hoping to fulfill the – tag of an elk and a bear which is a, a task in itself tall order um i mean we haven't seen any bear we've heard that there's bear in the area but not very many 
Yeah. Um, or maybe there are a lot. You know, we've talked to one group of people, and that's about it. We found some good habitat this morning. Yeah, very good habitat. A lot of, like, burnt-up area from probably lightning strikes and, like, rock outcroppings and a good spot for them to be, turning over logs, looking for grubs, like you were saying. Um, just, I don't know what to expect. I'm not really... Uh, one to jump to conclusions, but I think tomorrow is going to be a good day. Yeah. I think someone might have a shot on an elk, and we'll just see. We're going to be – I think all of us are setting up in different spots. Uh, Dan, Tony, and Lewis are going to be in one spot. Ryan's going to be across the valley from where I'm going to set up. It's going to be – should be a pretty good spot. We'll be if, We'll be able to cover a couple thousand acres between our group tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean – we're not going to be able to cover it completely because there's all yeah, not shooting dark wise, yeah. holes in deep valleys, but we're going to see a lot of ground tomorrow. And if they're moving, we should be able to see something. Yeah. Make plays on stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, you know, my expectations, uh, that's a, it's a, I think it's a good question. It's a tough question because I've, the, all the elk hunting I've done so far, the only time I've seen an elk is when I didn't have an active tag in my pocket. Oh, and, you know, so it's uh, it's it's been tough for me, but I, I visualize a lot. You know, every time I'm on the glass, too, I'm seeing an elk. You know, I'm, I'm not actually seeing an elk. I'm seeing a tree, and I expect it, an elk to be on the other side of it. And, and I'm always planning these scenarios in my head and getting, you know, always mentally prepared to see one. My expectations are that we will get one on, at, between the, the four of us with tags this week. Um, it'd be awesome if we do more. I expect that, that with this crew, we have the ability to get one if you know if it's here. Um, but I told my wife before I came out, I said a victory for me, uh, a successful hunt for me, is getting eyes on an elk. Yeah. Um, and with, with a tag in my pocket. To, you know, it's like what Tony said earlier, it's, a, it's an opportunity. And just to get an opportunity on this hunt, even if I don't take a shot or whatever, uh, I'm going to go home real happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to get at least one down. I'm, I'm very confident of that. Um, I know my trip and Ryan's trip are about half the length of everybody else's, but we're set up in a good spot. Even the elk last night, we could have made a play on them to get within shooting range. And I don't think it would have been hard to, to close that distance, especially the wind was in our face and it had no idea we were there the whole time. And so I think, I honestly think we're going to get one fairly close to camp at some point this week. Um, but they're going to slip up. Yeah. 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 They're, I mean, with, with all five of us looking for them, we're going to find something. And it's just a matter of how, how doable it is to close that distance, get a shot, because they disappear. I mean, for being that size animal, it's insane. It's wild. How they can just vanish. I mean, Drew and I, when we were looking at the one last night, we knew right where it was, and there were only two cedar trees. And it walked behind them, and we didn't see it for like 15 minutes probably. And we're like, did it somehow drop down below them and we didn't see it? Did it go over the hill? And then all of a sudden it just stepped out again. And I'm like, it would be so tough, especially if you do close that distance, you lose visual, and then you may think, well, it's gone. Yeah. And you may start packing back, and it's still just behind a single tree. Well, even that second bull last night, that you know, I spotted that first one, and then you're like, hey, there's another one up to the right of it. And we saw that thing for 
three minutes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was just, like, lights out. It was gone. And didn't see anything else from that area that it went into. And a lot of that, like, what we're hunting is different from the unit north of us and south of us. You know, south of us, we have big flats. North of us, we have probably more mountainous terrain yeah than taller here. mountains yeah taller mountains but not the coverage with the cedars and the oaks and stuff and so it's constantly changing here where you'll have like a pretty barren mountainside and then all of a sudden it's just like tall cedars and really thick cedars yeah like you can't even see in between gaps on some of this stuff it yeah. it'll be hundreds of yards of nothing but tree cover so, it'll be challenging, but I think we can get it done. You know what I think would be awesome? As much as we've been describing this unit, I think it'd be uh, awesome if your listeners that think they know where we're at would uh, drop a comment or a review or something and, and you know knock in what unit we're in. Yeah. Uh, what, what guess that they have. That'd be kind of fun. And if you guess it right, I will not tell you. <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, the, the guys that are uh, mule deer hunting from Wisconsin... They also, they've got five mule deer tags yep. and two elk tags. And we told them kind of the general area that we were camping just between them and the road. And they were like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, way back there, that's where all the elk are. And they pointed us in, like, the, the complete the opposite total direction. opposite end of the unit. And I was like, that is classic Colorado. Like, hey, yeah, guys, all the elk are far away from us. They're three miles west. Keep going. Yeah. But... I'm pumped. I'm excited for it, and I think it's going to be a good week. I mean, it's already been a good couple days, and we've got a lot more coming. It all starts tomorrow, so we're going to go get all of our gear packed up, get a game plan um, for time that we're waking up, where we're getting or when we're getting to our spots and all that, and then, um, yeah, we're going to get to bed. So thanks for listening. Nice. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Like I said, I had a great time not only chatting with them, but also now looking back, editing it, listening again, and just reminiscing about, what, like a week and a half ago when I was out in Colorado. I had so much fun, and you guys are going to have to stay tuned for the next episode where we bring the finale to you. And who knows, we might do a couple follow-up episodes after that. But I'm getting great news from a lot of my friends, getting pictures like crazy. Today was opening day of rifle season in Missouri. And I know one buddy got a nice buck with his bow. I think it was the day before season opened, so that would have been yesterday, or two days ago actually now. I don't know. My days are getting confused. But he got one a couple days ago. I've got at least two other friends who have shot deer um, today, and I hope all of you guys are having great luck. I know there's a couple states whose seasons don't open until the week of Thanksgiving, including Wisconsin. I'm super pumped to get up there, and I had a listener contact me, and he's like, hey, man, I'm from Eau Claire. My, my family's got some property. You should come check it out, and so hopefully I can meet up with him. I won't share names or information of where the property is. Unless down the road he's cool with it and maybe we actually do a podcast together. But I'm super pumped to head up there, see what Wisconsin's got to offer. Hopefully it's going to be a good year in the Northwoods. But until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.